I'm John Pittman, and I'm here with violist Matthew Lipman with his debut CD on the CD label called Ascent. Welcome, Matthew. Thanks so much for having me, John. This is my first time talking to you, Matthew, and so just as way of introduction to Portland's listeners here on All Classical Portland, can you give me uh, a kind of thumbnail of uh, your background and how you came to take up the viola? Absolutely. So I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago. Um, I moved to New York when I went to Juilliard, and the viola came to me totally accidentally. My intent was to play the trumpet, um, and I wanted to learn an instrument in school, and trumpet was offered in fifth grade, and string instruments were offered in fourth grade, so I thought I would just start Uh, get a head start with a string instrument and I didn't really have a preference (laughs) as to which string instrument because you know I was going to switch to trumpet and the orchestra director at the time said well if you don't have a preference you must pick the viola because no one ever picks the viola and um, the rest is history I mean I totally fell in love with the sound immediately I still remember very clearly when I was nine or ten years old or whenever that was that um Within one week, I I had already dedicated my whole life to uh, playing the viola in whatever capacity. And I, you know, I'm incredibly grateful that it has taken me this far and that I, I can now release my debut album to the world. So, of course, taking the viola path leads you down a path with a whole different repertoire than you might have encountered uh, learning the trumpet. Actually, you know, the viola repertoire is probably more standardized than the trumpet repertoire, even, so... Yes, and and there are some good viola concertos, <laughs> despite all the There are a jokes. lot, yeah. Yeah. I, I think there are a lot, yeah. And a lot of wonderful chamber music, too. You've uh, captured quite a wide scope here, uh, going from very romantic, you've got your German romantic, Robert Schumann, um, as well as some flashy music with its origin in film and opera. And then you lead off with a British composer, who I know I know this composer from just a few years back, uh, York Bowen, um, mm-hmm. who wrote, besides this, uh, some other viola works, too. Yes, um, so there are a, a, a vast amount of viola pieces from um, Britain in the early 20th century, mostly due to the great Lionel Turtis's influence on composers. But York Bowen himself happened to be a violist, and he composed a lot for the instrument. In the fantasy, Opus 54, which is the first piece on the album, is probably my favorite of all of his, of all of his pieces. Um, I, I, I think it really develops in a masterful way. And it's heart on sleeve, capital R, romantic. And uh, actually in his day, Bowen was called the English Rachmaninoff. And I think after listening to this fantasy, um, listeners will know exactly how he got that nickname.
and you follow it with a work or a two-part work i should say by clarice assad uh we've we've played other works by assad this one's new to me and understandably so as a world premiere <laughs> recording but also there's a personal story behind this work and and your uh, commissioning it from clarice yes absolutely so uh it- Three years ago or so, I was touring around with a fantasy-themed recital program, and I knew that I wanted to commission a piece to go along with that um, theme. Um, And then when I approached Clarice, I thought, you know, this would be a really great way to um, kind of honor my mom who passed away a few years ago. So I asked if she would um, write kind of an homage uh, to my mom. And so we actually talked many times and met in person several times before she ever wrote a note down because she really took this um, theme very seriously. Um, and she wanted to know about our relationship. And, you know, Clarice and I have become such good friends. She's an amazingly sensitive and empathetic person. Um, and I couldn't be happier with how this homage turned out. It sounds like... I'm- I'm seeing the Spanish, or unless it's Portuguese. It's, it's Portuguese, yes. Um, mm-hmm. Chrysalidas. Is this a, a, a depiction of of the chrysalis to the butterfly? I believe so. Yeah, it's the uh, cocoon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so Clarice actually came up with that idea and title herself. Um, and what's interesting is that the uh, the I think the second half came first the um, the dance of the butterflies, uh, which is kind of an acceptance and a celebration of life. And I think for her, or at least she was very vocal with me that the um, first part, which is about the grief process, was a little bit more difficult to kind of write because she wanted to do it justice. And so this image of um, of a cocoon um, transforming into a butterfly came to her and uh, it's it's really awesome and there are a bunch of sounds that I've never heard um, a viola and piano piece um, include that are new in this uh, new piece by Clarice Assad. Since you mentioned piano, I want to bring into the conversation um, Henry Kramer, who's your pianist on here. And you, you, I imagine, have been um, playing with Henry for a while now? Yeah, Henry and I have been playing together now in recitals for about six years. We met first at Juilliard um, and then first played together actually at Ravinia Festival Staines Institute in 2012. And I like to tell a little story about Henry as well. Um, he doesn't remember this, uh, but when he was in school, he was working as a secondary piano teacher. So everybody who was attending Juilliard and not a pianist had to take secondary piano. And I remember my freshman year orientation being super nervous about being at Juilliard and going into my secondary piano audition and, you know, attempting to plow through a Bach invention and I messed up and Henry giggled at me and so that's the first memory I have of him 
Um, but luckily, the giggle turned into a friendship um, and now a longtime collaboration. Um, and I'm very, very proud of the work that he's done on this album with me. I would imagine that, uh, Matthew, that there are times when you can't play with Henry, but to be able to develop that rapport uh, as uh, in, violist and pianist, you, you really get a sense for how, how the other plays. Absolutely. And also um, in regards to learning repertoire, it's, it's kind of like putting money in a bank, right? So at, at this point, after six years, there's a large chunk of the viola and piano repertoire that we actually already have interpretations for. And of course, as we grow and age, all of those trans, uh, all of those, um, uh, all of our interpretations will grow and change as well. Um, but for right now, there's a lot of money in the bank with Henry, uh, and we really enjoy um, playing with each other. How about the honor of giving the first performance of a recently discovered Shostakovich work? This is the Impromptu for Viola and Piano, Opus 33. Yeah, so this this was, uh, I, I'm very proud of the work that we put into finding this music. Um, unfortunately, we didn't give the world premiere performance. That was done by Yuri Boshmet in Moscow. Um, in spring 2018, but we are the world premiere recording, um, and it was basically luck that before this piece was discovered, I met um, Dr. Mila Kovnitskaya, who chairs the Shostakovich archive in St. Petersburg. So I was able to get in touch with her once news broke of this piece, and um, through several email exchanges, I was able to convince her um, to send me the score before it was published. Um, and, you know, I, one of the ways that I think I got permission was that I sent a bunch of recordings and, and she gave her good graces to have us record it. So, I, you know, I, it, it's very exciting to think that um, somebody in charge of this uh, newly discovered piece uh, gives your good graces uh, for you to record it. Um, and, and, yeah, I, to, to open any score for the first time is, uh, it, it's just really awesome and invigorating to try to figure out for the first time what this composer meant when they wrote the notes they wrote. And to think that there's a Shostakovich piece that uh, no one's ever heard and they're going to hear it for the first time. Um, it was a lot of responsibility, uh, and I put a lot of thought into interpreting this two-minute-long impromptu that was on composed only uh, in one sitting. Um, but, it, it, yeah, the whole process was just really a dream come true, and a lot of luck was involved, for sure. Thank you. 
right to the Franz Waxman Carmen Fantasy, a piece that um, is played normally on the violin and also comes from the realm of Hollywood, of film, that movie Humoresque with uh, Joan Crawford and John Garfield. But you're playing it on the viola. What what would you say is the number one um, challenge to you playing a transposed piece like that? Well, first of all, I'll say the number one reason why I'm playing this piece on the viola is because Carmen herself is a mezzo, and the viola is the mezzo-soprano of the string family. So when uh, a lot of my friends at the time, when I first started to try to play this, were telling me that I was crazy to play this difficult virtuosic piece, and I said, no, you're crazy because actually Carmen is a viola. <laughs> you know, her voice is a viola. But uh, it what it started out as kind of a, a reach piece, a, a challenge for me, and um, I've been also performing it for several years, um, and uh, people seem to love it. It's it's definitely an audience favorite, and it has challenged me personally in my technique, and has also been a hugely rewarding experience to work on in terms of its operatic nature. So that's the story behind the Carmen. Okay, Matthew Lipman, thank you very much. The CD is Ascent, and we'll be sharing it with our listeners here in Portland, Oregon, on All Classical Portland. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you so much, John.